Welcome to SCD Church's podcast. You can always join us for our live services Saturday evenings and Sunday mornings out in our West Auditorium. You can also tune into our services live online at seacoastgrads.org or on our YouTube and Facebook pages. Thanks so much for listening. Here we go. So uh, I just want to clarify a couple things. I went here last week. I take, I take a week off for Pete's sakes, Thanksgiving, and rumors start. I think I know where they started, so let's just clear one up. I do not have a red suit. I will not be delivering gifts on Christmas Eve, Cody. Um, the other rumor is, yes, our youth pastor did get my daughter pregnant, but they've been married for six years. We... So whatever the rumors were, we think it's a little late, frankly. But anyway, it finally got around to it. So we're good. All right, so we got those out of the way. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. We love Christmas around here. We, we really do. Um, so um, I want to talk about uh, something really important with Christmas. And it has to, do with, um, has to do with some misunderstandings about Christmas and how we get there and, and what's going on. So we've kind of titled this, uh, this uh, series Churchmas. Church must. That's just a dumb name. Yes, it is, Cody. Um, and he came up with it. But the reason we did that is because we have noticed that during the pandemic and since, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, people have kind of deprioritized. I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean. They have kind of devalued coming to church, right? And we're not offended by this, we, but we do think it is, well, okay, we're a little offended. I mean, I am, frankly. Anyway, so but the truth is we, we think that people are missing something really important, especially at Christmas, okay? And so sitting at home on the couch, I know you're there. If, if, if you've got serious issues, okay, the rest of you. Um, uh, we want to talk to you about what the ingredients for Christmas are, all right? So uh, 50 years ago, we used to worry about people coming to church. So they had church, but they may not have Jesus, right? A lot, I, a lot of men came with their wife just to keep her off their back or whatever. Kids came, just come on with that. And, but they came to church and have Jesus. Now we're starting to see a lot of people who say they have Jesus, but they don't need the church. You're confused. <laughs> you don't understand something. It's a package deal. And that's especially true. And, and Christmas is a kind of a case in point. Uh, so here is the deal. Uh, uh, my, uh, it's called the. Uh, it's kind of a famous story in my wife's family, and uh, one one year we were there, and I can't remember. I think it must have been Christmas. We were at a parents' house, and uh, they had this great meal, delicious meal, and Grandma Bergen uh, was getting quite uh, elderly at that point. Um, she made the cake, and it was this beautiful chocolate cake with chocolate icing. Oh, it was beautiful. We just couldn't wait. And so after, after uh, lunch, finished lunch, we all went and got a piece and went to sit down in the living room and eat it. And, and it was interesting, as people came in and sat down, uh, the first person to take a bite was either me or my brother-in-law. I can't remember because we fought over who got to go first. Anyway, and so um, it took a and it, beautiful cake and moist and just, and just took a bite. And and I looked at him and he's going, And then, and then as every person came from the kitchen and sat down, and, and we didn't say a word to him, because it's kind of a mean family, actually, to be honest with you. And so every person that came and sat down, me and him would just watch him. And every person. And then they realized that we already knew what they had just discovered, and now they're stuck with a mouthful of cake that they don't want to swallow, and they don't want to eat it, and now they're stuck. And so we're just kind of watching him, and I'm looking around the room, every person that happens, until it gets to Grandpa, Grandpa Bergen. He is just mowing through the cake. 
And even at one point says, oh, Ruth, I think that's your best ever. <laughs> Grandma Bergen had forgotten to put the sugar in the cake. Have you ever had just straight cocoa? <laughs> it was awful. It was horrendous. We, we never did decide. It, it, was, it was the beginning of some, some decline on her part. And, uh, and we all kind of knew it was coming. We just, that was the moment we realized that it was, it, it was there. Uh, but what we couldn't figure out was about Grandpa, because he was all there. He just, his taste buds didn't work anymore. I don't know. Either that or he's the most loving husband I've ever met. I can't, I can't decide what, what it was. The problem is you can't make a cake, a cake without all the ingredients, right? Right? You leave out one ingredient, it kind of doesn't work. Uh, you know, Christmas is kind of that way too. We all have this idealized idea thing about what Christmas should be, you know, by a roaring fire, you know, in the mountains with the snow or whatever your thing is, I don't know, on the beach in Hawaii, I don't know. But we all got an idealized thing, but we never realize the idealized Christmas because we don't have the right ingredients. And so today I want to talk to you about some, by the way, the same is true in life. We all have this life that we think we could live or should live, and yet we think we're going to get there, but we put the wrong ingredients in. And so today I want to help you understand what ingredients that you need to have a great Christmas. And so let's begin with, uh, with this first, the first one. And it's the, uh, well, let me, let me read a passage for you, because I, I, I think the shepherds got the kind of Christmas we want to have. And it's found in um, Luke chapter 2, and it's uh, verse 8, starting with verse 8. And it says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which uh, the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as had been told. Uh, so interesting to me, they had an amazing Christmas. They had all the right ingredients. Let me just give you some thoughts about this. Uh, you can't have Christmas without having church. You're saying, no, I have Christmas. I've had many Christmas without having church. You didn't have Christmas. You may have had a holiday celebration. You may have called it Christmas, but you didn't have Christmas. Do you know why I know you didn't, and I can guarantee you didn't have Christmas? Because Christmas is a word from maybe like the, it's an English, old English word from maybe like the 12th century, somewhere on in there, and it means Christ Mass. Christmas itself is a church service. It is not a holiday. It is the church service intended the one time of the year, December 25th, that we celebrate the birth of Christ. So you may have had a holiday, you may have thought about Jesus, you may have given presents, but you didn't have a Christ Mass. It is for us to come together as a church. Christmas, by definition, is a church service. And so and you, you can't have Christmas without having church. I, and some of my earliest memories in, in life were at church. 
uh, in, in, as, at Christmas, especially at, at church with the music and the Christmas tree. I remember how excited we were. And this is tell you, some it, at our church, this kind of thing was on the, the Sunday before Christmas, you would get a, a little paper bag. Remember when they said, take your lunch in a little brown paper bag? And you know what you'd get in there? An orange from Florida. It's a long way away from Chicago. And an apple and a Hershey bar. We were so excited. Why don't you give that to your kids for Christmas? See how excited they are now. <laughs> Things have changed. Unfortunately, we still have this idealized uh, version of Christmas, but we don't have the right ingredients. For me, Christmas is always equated with church because it must, it has to. That's a part of the deal here. You can't have a great Christmas without the ingredients. Um, it's, it's why we do all these events. It's why we do the village and why we do uh, all the, the Christmas Eve. I didn't grow up with Christmas Eve services, uh, but we wanted people to come to have a Christmas a Christ mass, because we are together, Christ followers. We understand who Christ was and what he came to do and how that impacts us, and that's what we're about. You can't have Christmas without having church. The second thing I want to mention is that you can't have Christmas without celebrating. Now, here's the thing about celebrating. You've got to celebrate. Celebrations are supposed to have more than one celebrant, right? There's a lot of things you can't do just by yourself, or at least you probably shouldn't, or it's weird if you do, like, like slow dancing, <laughs> hugging, affirmations, you're good enough, you're smart enough, <laughs> doggone it, people like you, nobody, nobody remembers that? All right. Wrestling you can't do by yourself. Drinking, you shouldn't do by yourself. That's why it saddens us when people are alone at Christmas, doesn't it? One of the, one of the most impactful stories I've ever heard is a guy named Gene Apple. He's a pastor of Eastside Church over in Anaheim. Anaheim, a good friend of mine. And, uh, and, and I remember Gene, and before I even became friends with him, um, I heard him speak at a conference. And he was talking about he had, he had begun to pastor a little church in Las Vegas, he and his wife. And he was from Minnesota. And... Um, and just a short period into pastoring that little church, uh, his wife decided she wanted to be with someone else and just walked out and left him. Uh, and uh, he tells the story of the first Christmas Eve after that, just shortly after that. And as this young pastor just getting started, the congregation told him, stay, we're going to love you, we're going to help you through this, we know it wasn't your fault. And he said, uh, they were so affirming, so caring, but he said, after the Christmas Eve service, I was going to go back and be with my family in Minnesota, but I couldn't catch a flight till the next morning, if I remember the story right. And he says, so everybody else went to be with their families on Christmas Eve. I wasn't going to catch a flight till the next day, and I was starving. And the only thing I'd find was some dump with a blue plate special. And so I ordered whatever it was they were offering, and they brought it. And halfway through eating what wasn't very good food, feeling very alone and very sorry for myself, I looked up and I realized the entire restaurant, the only other people in there were men like me by themselves. And he said, that day, God told me what my ministry was supposed to be about. There are a lot of people alone in this world, facing more than just a holiday without loved ones. They're facing all kinds of things. You see, celebration, the reason we get together and we celebrate is because it, you can't celebrate by yourself. It just doesn't really work. 
And we have the most wonderful thing in the world to celebrate. And we need to do it. And we need to do it together. So you can't have Christmas without church. You can't have Christmas without church celebrations. I want to say that. Um, I had an observation. I was, I was reading through the Christmas story again, and I, and I had an observation. And, and I, um, I realized that before Christ's birth, in, in both Luke and Matthew, in talking about Christ's coming, we find the interactions as one-on-one between God or an angel and an individual. So take Mary, for example. The angel came to Mary, one-on-one, right? One-on-one. Um, Joseph, God came to him in a dream. Just Joseph was there. Zachariah, God, right? Even Simeon and Anna, we'll talk about in a moment, but seem to have individual interactions with God that led them to a conclusion. And, but I was thinking that after the birth of Jesus, the angels didn't come by themselves anymore, and they didn't speak to individuals. It was suddenly as if something this incredible can't be just shared one-on-one. It has to be celebrated together, and that's why a company of heavenly hosts appeared. Joy to the world, right? Because there was, it was to all these shepherds, and they came to Joseph and Mary. It was all of them together. There was the wise men together. I called Cody. I said, Cody, am I thinking right about this? Because he's smarter than I am. And, and, and well, so he would tell you. And, uh, and I said, Cody, am I thinking right about this? They said, well, actually, there's this guy who teaches this, who teaches this thing that that's actually true of the whole redemptive narrative, is that God starts with a man, Abraham, and he expands, expands like Joseph and his brothers and his dad. And then you get Moses, but it's not Moses alone. It's, it's now Israel, the, the nation or the people of Israel being led out, out of Egypt into the promised land. And then we get all the way up here to Jesus. And there's good news of great joy for all the people. You see, we can bemoan Christmas or the commercialization of Christmas or, or whatever it might be, but the reality is, is that this is the greatest time of the year to celebrate in front of and with others who may not even fully understand, but we get to put the Christ back in Christmas and the Mass back in celebration. Right? That's why we do these Christmas services. That's why we go big with it, because we want to celebrate together the greatest thing that ever happened in the whole world. Christ Mass. As families, we get together and we celebrate all kinds of different things. We celebrate anniversaries. We celebrate, I don't know, graduations, Fridays. I don't know. We get together and we just celebrate because that's what we do. We love doing it together. And as Christ's family, we come and, we, and we, we, we rehearse what God has done for us. We worship the God who came. We express gratitude for what that means in our lives. I, I told you a few months ago a story, but... Uh, Maybe you don't remember it. I was, uh, I was back in the Midwest a few months ago, and my brother and I went to visit the little town where my grandparents lived, a little tiny town down in Missouri. And, uh, and um, we drove past the church and, uh, that he attended. And, and he reminded me, I had forgotten, my grandpa was not a, he was not a super kind of mushy kind of guy, you know. Uh, he, wouldn't know he couldn't identify his feelings if, you know, if, if they hit him over the head, but but there was this one time that I would see my, well, two times I would see my grandfather tender. One was toward his wife. Her name was Isafina. You thought Doyle was bad? I'm lucky. <laughs> it could have been worse. And, he, and whenever he would touch, talk to my little tiny grandma, uh, he was big. He was a six, two or three. And she was a little tiny thing. And he was very tender. 
And when he talked about what God had done for him. And so he'd stand up in a little church. He had Wednesday night Bible study. And he'd stand up in a little church. And they say, anybody want to testify? And that means just anything want to talk about what God has done. Because part of what happens when we come together, we celebrate God and we remember what he's done for us. And my grandfather would stand up and he would, and he would, and my brother reminded me of this, I'd forgotten. And they had wooden pews in the little church and he would, he would stand up and he'd put his hand on the pew in front of him and he was kind of nervous. So he'd kind of Kind of tap the pew with nervous, kind of, and then he began to tell what, what Jesus had done for him, and how God had changed his life. And then my grandfather, big strapping construction worker grandfather, would begin to cry, and his tears would start to come down. He starts to talk about how God had changed his life. You see, an interesting thing about about people like that is they tell that not to remind themselves, but to teach other people like little kids, like me and my brother sitting there next to him who had never seen Grandpa cry ever. How precious it was what God had done for him. You see, we come together to remind each other how incredibly blessed we are, how amazing it is that God loves us, how wonderful it is that he has a plan for our lives, not only a a salvation, but a calling we're here to do that for each other. We're here to remind each other of that and to live according to that calling, to live up to the expectations that God has for us and the hopes and dreams that he has for us, which are greater than we have for ourselves. And see, one of the problems when you leave church out of Christmas is you forget a part of why you're celebrating. We live in such an individualistic society that we think it's just us and it wouldn't have been the same if my grandpa would have sat in the living room next to the Christmas tree and had tapped on the side of his chair and told himself about what God had done. You see, what Christ left behind is the part that we forget. What he left behind was, yeah, some people that were saved, but more importantly, a group of people who wanted to see others become Christians called the church. And if we only celebrate Jesus because of what he's done for me and we choose not to share it with others, we're missing the point. Christ came. We ought to celebrate the reason he came. Well, he came to save us. Yeah, but what did he leave behind? Saved people who became the church, who had a mission of change in the world, and ever since then we have been. Church. That's why Christ Christ Mass is so incredibly important. We come together to remember. By the way, this, this road of becoming more like Jesus, this followership, this discipleship is, is not easy and it can't be done alone. And, and within that, like with anything, you need to, you need to have certain habits and, and practices and, and, and uh, scheduled events. If you want to get stronger, you go to the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning every day. At least I've heard that. Um, if you want to be more like Jesus, you study what Jesus said and you talk to him and then you get with his people and hear how they're becoming more like Jesus. It's a normal part of the thing. Before we had our calendars, such as we have now, they had kind of a, a, a liturgical calendar in which they would just have days to remind you on a regular basis of not only God's word, but what it meant to you. For example, now we think Christmas is the only one, but listen to this. There was children mass to remind people of how evil evil is. It was a day in which They remembered the children who were slaughtered in Bethlehem because of Herod's evil um, instruction. There's another one called called Peter Mass. Peter Mass, which is to celebrate the day that that Peter was released from prison, remembering that earthly powers aren't as great as God's power. There is one called All Hallow Mass. We call it Halloween, in which, or All Saints Day, on the eve of which we celebrate Halloween, but the, the original liturgical reason was to remember those Christian martyrs who had gone 
on to heaven and be grateful for the sacrifice they made. And then it became eventually for all Christians. Christmas is a mass for Christ. It is a part of us getting together and remembering and recalibrating and measuring our lives to where God is taking us. Are we on the way there? And to build our faith. The world seems to want to take Christ out of Christmas, but it seems Christians want to take the church out of Christmas. You need both ingredients. I'm not saying the church is equal to what Christ did, but I'm saying that if you have what Christ offered you, you need the church to grow in that. I saw my mom recently. She was out visiting and lost my dad a couple of years ago. And it was interesting. My mom was just talking about her experience. It's been pretty difficult. And um, they were pretty close for a really long time. And she said to me, you know, one of the things I miss most, my mom's name is Etta June. She's a hillbilly. Etta June. Hey, it could have been Isafina, so. <laughs> Said, one of the things I miss most is your dad saying, Etta June, you can do this. You can do this. You know, I have to go do something or I have to drive somewhere. I, have to, I just wish he was here to say, Etta June, you can do this. In all the years, one of the greatest things he ever gave me was just on a regular basis, Etta June, you can do this. No, you can do it. One of the reasons we come together is to say to each other, with God's help, you can do this. With, with Christ's help, we can do this. You see, we live in a society that feels like the culture is going the wrong direction. The values are changing and not in a good way, it seems. It seems like we're hitting a greater and greater headwind, and yet we come together to hear him say and to say to each other, we him, us, together. We can do this. We can do this. We come together. If you're facing cancer, and we say, we can do this. We'll walk with you, and God will bring healing at the right time. And we can do this. I did a, I, uh, one of our, our videos, our, our devotionals. By the way, if you're not getting those, you ought to get them. Some of them are incredible. And then, and then Cody's done some, too. Um, <laughs> That's three. Are we even from last week yet? Are we, are we close? All right. Um, I did a devotional about living in the in-between. What must have been like for Mary between an angel's visit saying you're pregnant and then the birth? What a weird, wow, you're talking about being stuck in the in-between. See, some of us are stuck in the in-between. It's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. They're stuck between the, the hoping and the coming true or the promises and, and the fulfillment or and the not knowing, the not knowing has got to be the hardest part it is for me. I've been stuck in between for a while on a deal, and I, there's nothing I can do about it. It's an interesting thing what Mary does, and if you get a chance to see this devotional, do it, because what Mary does is she begins to rehearse what God has done already and who God is, and she begins to rejoice, and she begins to worship. You see, a part of why we come together is to rehearse what God has done, to remember how good he's been to us, and to acknowledge how good God is. And to say to each other, we can do this. We can do this. Today, if you're facing some unknown thing and you're stuck in the in-between, I just want you to hear this. You, us, God, we can do this. He came down. He did that so we would know we could do this. Whatever the this is for you right now. Can I just ask you, 
this Christmas to not just celebrate the risen Savior, but what he left behind. A baby in a manger who died for our sins, who was resurrected, but what he left behind was the church. As we celebrate Jesus, can we also celebrate the gift of the church, which is so powerful and so important and the only hope of the world. I say that with all, all the conviction in my heart, the only hope of the world. Politicians, politicians aren't going to fix it. Big business is not going to fix it. Media not going to fix it. Social media not going to fix it. It's only the church, God's people. We, we can do this. And that's worthy of celebration at Christmas time. Let's pray. Lord God, today I'm so thankful. <laughs> I'm so thankful, Lord, for this congregation, this group of Christians that are trying together with me and us to do this, to do what you've called us to do, to, to be the people individually that we're called to be, but corporately to be a force for you, a place where people come and they can find healing, they can find hope, and they can find restoration, a place where we can come and join the mission of bringing that love, peace, and joy that you promised at Christmas to the world, the world that we live in that is in need of darkness, just as in Jesus' day, it is a dark place and it needs a light and we are the light bringers. We are the people who introduce you to the darkness, to those who are struggling in darkness. And so today, Lord God, we are thankful. We are thankful that you came. We are thankful that you instituted the church. We are thankful that you are still with us and together we know that we can do this. Now show us this week what the this is. It may be something new, it may be something old, but remind us what the, this is that you and we together are to be working on, and we will follow you wholeheartedly, obediently. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. God bless you guys. We have some fun stuff out on the patio. They got some, I think it's breakfast because it's grilled cheese with bacon, so I think that makes it breakfast. There's some other stuff. Stop by, check it out, have fun. God bless you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message. And remember, we also have live services out in our West Auditorium on Saturday evenings and Sunday mornings. Or you can always join us live at seacoastgrace.org or on our YouTube and Facebook pages to hear these messages in real time.